Hello, and welcome to The Marvel Virgin, a podcast all about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My name is Paul, and I'm a Marvel Virgin. And my name is Kaylee, and I'm a Marvel whore. For each episode, Paul is watching a Marvel movie or TV series for the very first time, and with my help, we'll be delving into the good and not-so-good aspects of the MCU, and navigating the secrets and intricacies of this big and complex universe. If you'd like to send in any questions, comments, factoids, or even if you'd like to correct anything we've said, after all, we're not perfect, then you can tweet us at the Marvel Virgin. We'd love to hear from you. Enjoy the show. We are talking about Doctor Strange today. Mm-hmm. Definitely yeah. Doctor, not Mister. Definitely Doctor. Yes, yes, he does correct that. And he is definitely quite strange. Well, he's not that strange. But the film is strange. He is quite strange. <laughs> he's kind of strange, yeah. yeah. Run of the mill old Doctor Strange. You, nothing weird happens around him. If you have a surname like Strange, you're going to have to be like magical in some way, aren't you? You have to do something to live up to it. It'd suck. It'd be like being called Beyonce and not doing anything with your life. <laughs> I find it um the when I rewatched this, I forgot how much he seems like House. Have you ever seen House of Hugh? Yeah, Lord? he is like House, isn't he? Yeah. It's just like the most houseiest house scene. In Houston. Like, yeah. When he's walking along just chatting about how he's amazing and how she obviously asked him because he's a competent opinion and so on. I was like, House. And how he sort of um strikes out at people who are medically incorrect. Mm-hmm. And how he's like, I know better. <laughs> and he sort of hates the patients as well but he just sort of uses them to forward himself and use his brain and and he evidently likes the glamour of being like the best neurosurgeon this country has to offer and all that stuff yeah and he is really high on that glamour his house and all those watches in the little drawer and the lamborghini ridiculous. and the suit and the, yeah he goes from being like dr house to james bonds doesn't he he does i was like the doctors really get paid this much i didn't realize i should have maybe I think in America, in America is we're we're talking we're thinking very Britishly about this yeah, about yeah. how doctors are employed by the NHS and they're paid a set salary and their lives are not very glamorous really when you get right down to it. But in the US, it's like you have like celebrity doctors because it's just all privatized, so doctors could do whatever the oh, fuck yeah. they want really. <laughs> of course, that's true. <laughs> but it was very Batman Bond. You're right. Mm, yeah, I wouldn't put this film very high. Mm. in my inner rankings I'll tell you I had a little like reassessment of my rankings right so my top I've got like my top three then I've got like upper tier middle tier lower tier Mm, yeah and my top three are still Avengers Winter Soldier and Mm Ant-Man and then upper tier I've got Iron Man 2 Age of Ultron Thor the Dark World sorry about it Mm. uh Guardians of the Galaxy middle tier I've got Iron Man Iron Man 3 and Thor and lower tier I've got Civil War don't at me and Incredible (laughs) Hulk and First Avenger (laughs) <laughs> and I'm putting Strange in my middle tier That seems fair to me I, I don't know if you realise every time you wrote Doctor Strange I was like mm. <laughs> Basically I yeah I went into this Already being like I don't think Kaylee likes it Because every time I mention Doctor Strange you're like Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think You can saying it like it was a treat I was like no it's not but it, it is a good film I just find it a bit more joyless Compared to the others Yeah and for a film That has I was kind of excited because the I, I didn't I went into Doctor Strange very blind. I didn't really know much about him. But when I saw images, it looked very sort of spangly and 70s sci-fi with lots of colours and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, very this Doctor is Who, fun. isn't it? Yeah, very Doctor Who. And I'm it's kind of exciting having a new superhero who I'm not familiar with and learning mm. something new and stuff. Um 
but it was like weirdly serious. It, it, I know the the funny. There are funny bits, obviously, but I find like most of it's very serious. It feels very like it, it wants to be Inception almost. <laughs> um, that's the kind of vibe I get it. I'm like, well, Christopher Nolan, where are you? Are you hiding somewhere? Were you involved in the directory Chris, of this Christopher film? Nolan would have made it even more serious, and they would have travelled <laughs> through time, and then they would have discovered that he gave birth to himself. Um, and then and then he would have discovered that actually there's three of him all in the same place at the same time but they can't be and they are and then there's a fifth one whatever like I know I I think it's very like you say it is interesting because he's a very different kind of superhero and I think the way he is in the the comic books it would be really hard to translate it to the screen Mm. anyway he's not very funny in the books right okay he's quite and he looks just like Benedict Cumberbatch which is weird Mm. Um, I just was rereading po- The Pulse with Jessica Jones and he delivers Jessica Jones's baby because he's a, oh, he's he's a, a doctor. doctor. <laughs> he, he deals with the soups. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I liked Benedict Cumberbatch. I always find it weird when a, a very English actor appears in it. I know they're actors, but when they start doing an American accent, I was like, well, you're not American. This is very strange. Yeah. And I kind of went into this because Benedict Cumberbatch is, let's face it, he's an odd looking guy and he often plays odd characters. Hmm. But he played this one very sort of, American and I was like the American accent fine don't mind that but like they didn't put a lot into his personality it was just American superhero the biggest thing we got from his personality was like we said he's a bit like house and that he's very sort of a bit egotistical and a bit very much like I'm a greatest doctor ever and that's my thing and there wasn't much else in there there wasn't the sort of you know you when you've got Tony Stark who's quite a layered character and um Mm. Uh, Mark Ruffalo and as the Hulk and that's and that sort of thing it there was nothing as as complex as that no and I mean I get I do understand that like his what's it called downward t- spiral I guess from when he injures his hands very specifically in that car crash the rest of his time mm. just the hands um <laughs> it is quite horrible to watch because you do see someone brought so low who was so high and I guess they were riding on their own ego for such a long time but I don't know. I feel like it just needed a little bit of lightening up maybe in places. It looks so good and it's very stylish and I liked elements of it a lot, but was... I think they put a lot into the look of it because it, it it probably it probably is the, the most visually stunning of all the Marvel films so far, in my I think opinion. it maybe won an Academy Award for visuals, you know? Deservedly so. I mean, the fight when they're all kind of chasing each other and the whole world is just kind of like turning Holding into like in a, itself, a whole yeah. of mirrors and falling in on itself. And then the climax where they're fighting whilst the whole thing is happening backwards. I was like, this is cool. I like, this is great idea. Like the other films do not have this kind of magical weird element, but you haven't made the actual story a bit more, you you should have made the story a bit more surreal, a bit more bonkers. Cause I think this is why I liked Ant-Man in that they kind of, it knows itself a bit more and they kind of made it a bit more cheerful and, and fun because the whole yeah. Ant-Man thing is is kind of a bit silly and cheesy. So they made the film silly and cheesy for it to all fit in. And yeah, and it had like a very understandable, fun plot. Like everyone loves a bloody heist, don't they? We yeah, know and it ends with a giant Thomas the Tank Engine coming out the roof. Like that's hilarious. That. <laughs> I mean, I do love the cape, the cloak, sorry. Of, yeah. Yeah, I love that cloak. The cloak was a good idea. Well, We'll go into it in in plot, but I I didn't feel like they took it as far as they could have done. But the cloak was a good idea. Is yeah, that in the comic favorite. books that he has a the cloak? The cloak is like a person. Yeah, yeah. I like the cloak a lot. 
yeah it feels like another character yeah it's very yeah. um aladdin's magic carpet i thought of the magic carpet as well but i felt mm. like the mag they when they did the magic carpet they did it better well I just did <laughs> it's a disney cartoon it's probably a bit easier it's hard because <laughs> yeah. and they've got to balance that really serious tone that they're going for with this plus there's a, this little cake like no don't go for the axe go for this <laughs> but that's why they should have made it more they should have made it more fun basically more yeah, yeah. I find oh, yeah. that what I've noticed with Marvel rewatching is that they've obviously saved the um, the weirder superheroes and the harder to translate onto screen superheroes for later. Mm. And then I guess the the less palatable to some dickheads in the world, like the the female superheroes and the black superheroes, they've mm. saved it for later on because the label eats them into it. Apparently, they need time. Mm. So I can see why Doctor Strange is one of the later ones. Yeah, yeah. And I the other kind of issue I had with it was. So he he kind of learns a set to use magic ish or something. It's like powers and stuff. He kind of learns it rather than being given it in the and which is a bit different, I guess. But the mechanics around the magic, it felt a little bit random. There weren't like many rules to it. About you went a bit more like Hogwarts. <laughs> a little bit, or like yeah. you know, it, you know, suddenly they're able to do this magical thing. Oh, the, but they can't do this magical thing, and it's not really explained like mm. how it all works it's uh, suddenly he's able to like magic back the pages of the book and see them but he can't do that because that's dark magic but he can't do this other thing because it's dark magic. And, and i'm like but it, it, i think you need some rules in there <laughs> us. i know this sounds odd but i think it makes us more involved and then you then have the sort of the mechanics of, a, of the world you sound like um, Monica. She's like, rules are good. Rules have control. The I want fun and I want it organised. Organised <laughs> fun. Yeah. Oh, no, I know what you mean. It is good to have. I think there are rules set out in the, the comic books, but I know what you mean. They don't really feel like they've translated that to the screen necessarily. I know Benedict Cumberbatch worked really hard on making sure the movements were very specific. Okay. okay. Because he, he knew people would be watching. So it's like, I think he said they were quite, I can't say the word ballet like essentially mm, yeah <laughs> and he yeah. kind of choreographed a lot of it I'm I'm thinking of um not so much Harry Potter because I that that can be a little bit random although there's a few more rules I'm thinking of um Avatar The Last Airbender where oh, yeah. you've got this world created and there are certain sort of rules and intricacies to how the various people's powers work and you gradually discover them but it's all thought through there mm. isn't like later on oh that suddenly th this is possible actually that's been possible. You, you feel like it's been possible all this time, but now you're only just discovering it. And, yeah. And I think that they needed a little bit more of to, to sort of just think it through, because I think that makes it a more more interesting for you know casual viewers like myself. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would be that makes sense to me. Mm. Good, I'm glad. Yeah, it's not been one of my favorite. You know, my favorites are still not happened yet. So <laughs> I know you're you're part of the the later Marvel, aren't you? I, well, I am. I love Ant Man, as you know. I think I like them when they're a bit more funny and on the weirder side. But I I like my superhero films lighthearted because I'm like they don't feel very. Mm. I don't know. It seems silly to me. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch Batman Dark Knight. I want to watch a Marvel film, but I want them to be a bit more light. I don't like the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy as a no, whole. People talk about it like they're the greatest films ever made. And I'm, I don't like them very much. I don't really either. And I know I'm going to get lots of hate for this, but I feel like he just needs to learn to edit and cut things down. Like that film, which one is it with the Joker? Is it Dark Knight Rises? Yeah, the, 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 Dark, the Dark Knight, the second one. 
yeah i'm mm. like it has about eight endings just choose one and don't add on all the other endings i uh, and it's so dark and so miserable and i know obviously that's batman's thing but yeah. <laughs> i preferred lego batman Yes, that was much more fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, as we said, Doctor Strange, the super excellent brain surgeon, he's like the best in the world. And this is established because one of his colleagues fucks up and he's like, you idiot, it's like this. And he and they kind of declare a patient as dead and then they realise actually they're not dead or something like that. And then, which is a big mistake, really. It's doesn't. a big mistake. <laughs> I feel like that doctor should get struck off the medical register for that one. But they make it seem like it's a sort of, you know, an, uh, you know, a normal mistake that you would make. But Doctor Strange is so good, he comes in and saves the day with it. You know, the, the doctor who does make the mistake, Dr. West, um, in the comic books, is actually the doctor who tries to help save his hands. Oh, really? Okay, so he's actually a character in the comics. Yeah, he goes off and like follows in his footsteps and learns some Doctor Strange skills too. Oh, that's fun. I yeah, like but not, not in the film. In the yeah. film, he's just rubbish. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a bit piece of shit. Um, well, he's not like a villain. He's just like not as good, I guess. I guess he's an yeah. average Doctor. <laughs> yeah, and to be fair, Doctor Strange isn't a nicer Doctor because when he, he's like, oh, I don't really care. And then eventually he's, he gets coaxed into looking at it and be like, well, I guess I could save his life. But he doesn't yeah. even want to work in ER anyway. Yeah, yeah. He also works with Rachel McAdams who is, you know, female lead of the film. Bit underused in it. Yeah, she is severely underused. Because when they did the um, the press tour, it kind of made it seem like she was going to be in it a lot. <laughs> yeah. And she yeah, she kind of, her big moment comes right at the beginning when he basically, like, has a massive go at her for, mm. for like, well, because he has, he's lost the use of his hands. <laughs> what did you think of them, like, subverting, I guess, the normal trope of, them being love interests so obviously with these two they've they've dated before they've come out the other side they're friends how did you find that dynamic I, I liked it but again it wasn't it wasn't like massive it wasn't like a pepper pot situation where you kind of like you you're like oh I like this female lead like this is mm -hmm. really I love the dynamic between the two of them it wasn't anything it's like nice that. that she's a surgeon though isn't it because in the yeah. um the, the character she's based on in the comics is a nurse Ah, is it a night nurse? It is actually a night nurse. It is. She's one of the three night nurses. <laughs> There's three night nurses. Yeah, yeah, you have to wait for the fourth. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Doctor Strange is also super wealthy and cool as well. Um, again, you get just kind of get a glimmer of this, but don't get like, you see him like get in a suit, put on a nice watch, get in a car and drive off. And that's the only kind of glamorousness that we see of him. We like, no, and I kind of thought, oh, where's he going? <laughs> I know. Well, he's going on that talk, isn't he, or whatever it was that he invited her on. His little oh, okay. So he's just doing a little chat about himself. But I find his driving, you know, reckless, obviously. <laughs> he brought it on himself. He has a car crash that um, basically ruins his hands. And obviously a neurosurgeon's hands are the most important part of his body because you have to be very, very steady with uh, mm. what you do. Um, but yeah, he totally brings it on himself by being on the phone whilst driving. Yeah, and just looping everyone. I don't know what you call it. Overtaking constantly on those Overtaking. little narrow roads. <laughs> not, not looping cool. everyone. I don't have a driving license. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, but then, as a result of that, obviously his livelihood and everything he stands for just just gets taken away from him. He becomes estranged from his his <laughs> job and from and that obviously sends him in a downward spiral and yeah. uh, as as with anyone who has a downward spiral they start wearing like long clothes and long beard and then the hair grows out and they become disheveled and i'm an old crone now <laughs> he has like a massive go at rachel mcadams and he's 
he's just like really mean to her. That was the big moment for her was like, and I like that she's like, well, okay, bye then. And she's like, leaves. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here for this. Yeah, because yeah. I guess she's basically saying like, you know, there's more to life. And he's like, you, maybe? I don't think so. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess you think you're better than my skills. <laughs> you're nothing. I hate you. He's, yeah, he's, he doesn't really doesn't feel like a redeemable character at that point but obviously he is well, he's, yeah. in, he's at his lowest low we know yeah. he's not. it's only the first 20 minutes so he's got to redeem himself at some point in this two-hour film exactly and it will start with an apology to rich <laughs> quite possibly yeah it would be a good start mm. <laughs> um he discovers that um there was a man who had very similar injuries to him uh, so he tr- and but then this guy recovered rather miraculously. So he tracks this guy down, and it's the guy from uh, Miss Congeniality, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it I is. knew I recognised him. <laughs> um, and uh, he, this guy, directs him to Kamartaj, which is in Nepal, and yes. uh, that he says that he basically found his cure there. So he, which is quite uh, vague as descriptions go. Yes, he didn't. He wasn't like so. Basically, there's this bald-headed woman, and you get trained up in magic and stuff. But then, if he said that, and Doctor Strange would be like, "Okay, you're crazy. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not going to go. Probably not going to go to Nepal for that." Yeah, um, he goes to Nepal. What was nice is that um, apparently, when they were filming, Nepal had just had um, its big earthquake. I think it was. Oh, really? So they were looking at places to film, and then they were like, "Oh." Should we still do it? Is it taking advantage? And they were like, we want to try and boost its tourism and try and get people back in. So that was nice. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it did make it, I, I quite like to go to Kathmandu and yeah. see what see what it's like there, really. I think Nepal is a country that doesn't probably doesn't get enough credit, really, because it's probably it's maybe not as like well known and wealthy as like China or Japan and stuff, but it looks very beautiful and because it it's, it's basically the Himalayas. <laughs> it is. And the I love Nepalese food. Um, he's rescued from mugging by a mysterious man with a cloak on and a hood, mm. like Robin Hood. Um, and he takes him, and the man takes him to Tama. Was it Tama? Tama? I was going to say no. Kamarbaj. Kamataj. <laughs> I'm going to say this one a few <laughs> times, aren't I? This is Leviathan all over again. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> and it's uh, run by Tilda Swinton, who's bald-headed woman, and she. I love Tilda Swinton. Yeah. I literally love her. And yeah. I love the joke in Kimmy Schmidt when they're like, what is Tilda Swinton? <laughs> <laughs> I love her in uh, What We Do in the Shadows. I don't know if you had seen I've that. I've seen that yet. Oh, you should watch it. I think it'd be mm. very you. She plays a, a head vampire. But I like that she... So am I right in assuming that this character in the comic books is not a white woman? You'd be correct, Paul. <laughs> I got this sense because I felt like she played, she didn't, she decided not to play it as like mysterious, stern leader. She actually has a sense of humor and mm. she's quite human, but then also not so human. I think she played this so well. Yeah, do you, I was going to save this for the, the quiz, but as you, you've nailed it, well done. So in the comic books, it's um, it's a male, an old mm. man. Um, and they didn't, so there was backlash because people said it was a whitewashing situation. Mm. But the guy, the, the guy, the director <laughs> uh, mm. made a conscious decision because he was like, I don't want to stereotype Asians in these roles. And right. he, he didn't want to do that one because that was a proper trope, having an old Asian man as the ancient one. And then he was like considering an Asian woman, but he was worried it would fall into like dragon lady or like fanboy fantasy. I see. And then he was like, Tilda Swinton. <laughs> he didn't even go for like a white woman. He just went, 
And then Tilda Swinton was the next option. So because Tilda Swinton is sort of sits outside of humanity anyway. So yeah, I do have an interesting <laughs> quote from him because okay. he did respond to the backlash. Asians have been whitewashed and stereotyped in American cinema for over a century, and people should be mad, or nothing will change. What I did was the lesser of two evils, but it is still an evil. Okay, okay, fair enough that he acknowledged that because I was thinking you you just de- you decided you didn't want it to be like a, an Asian stereotype. So in order to prevent that, you didn't employ an Asian person to play it. And it's like, you can still employ an Asian person and write the character differently. Yeah. Or they could have done like, you know, they could have had Rachel McAdams as an Asian character or Doctor Strange himself as an Asian character. You know, there were other ways to do it, but obviously they went this way. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I don't think, I, I feel like they got themselves tied up in knots. Yeah, you can see. And, I can see how they were doing it. I can see how they were panicking yeah. in their little room. Like, what do we do? But I just, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I get that you want to stay away from Asian stereotypes, but employing a white person is not the way to do it. You basically got to write better. Yeah, and not write the stereotype. The stereotype is not the person. It's the it's the character, isn't it? So, I read yeah. a book recently called uh, Interior Chinatown, which is about. Uh, is a story about a man, tr- an Asian man, trying to make it big in Hollywood, but he keeps coming across like Asian stereotypes, and all the characters are basically named as Asian stereotypes because it's about how the stereotypes in film and then encroach onto society, and you become the stereotype in society as well. And there's bits where um, uh, he he will speak with an American accent with someone, and they go, "Oh my god, I didn't realize you had an accent," and he goes, "I'm." Well, it's just an American accent. They go, yeah, that's what I mean. Because they just expected him to come out with a Chinese or Japanese accent or something. Mm, yeah. um, and it's, yeah, it's about how he he stereotyped in the films and then stereotyped in life and how it's, is it, there's still a long, long, long way to go with Definitely. writing that wrong. Yeah. And I think particularly now with everything going on in America, it mm. feels even more pressing that they figured this one out. But yeah, 100%. Um. So he, I've typed in my notes, strange training in Nepal. I've, but I read that as the training is strange. But actually, no, his name is strange and he yeah. is training in Nepal. <laughs> he is. Both of those things are true. <laughs> and he, um, he's training to uh, use sort of magic and shit. And they keep saying things like karma and that sort of thing. It was a little bit, but he's tra- they're basically training him to be, to use his hands for magic and that so that he can still live life to its fullest <laughs> in a way. Yeah, um, well, it is pretty. I mean, it does help him do that. So it does help. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, if you were a superhero in training, where would you like to train? Would you be in a, in a Nepal in the mountains or somewhere else? That does sound nice. Um, hmm, hmm. I mean, I want to go to New Zealand. Can I just get a? Because it would be quite nice. They've got mountains. They've got beaches. I could do a little bit of all the different. You could train as a. Uh, uh, a rider of Rohan. They could. Oh my god, yes. Yeah, that's what I would do. Where would you train? I'd probably be I'd love to be in like Venice in like a hidden Illuminati like society. I think that'd be so cool. You'd basically be Arya Stark then. Black and white doors. Whoever it was. Yeah, I think Venice is just the ultimate place to be like a, someone that's hiding in the shadows and stuff. Cause it's just full of such nooks and crannies and little alleyways and stuff. It does feel and- very assassin. And many tourists to hide around. (laughs) (laughs) You could just adopt different tourist stereotypes whenever you were trying to go in disguise. Exactly. Easy peasy. (laughs) Um, 
And I also <laughs> I loved in the, how in the training to begin with, just there isn't like differing levels of ability in the people. Tra- they're all just like really good. Yeah. And he shit to begin with. And <laughs> that was it. And Chimoto Ejiofa is like, you know, maybe just try harder. They don't really give him any skills. They don't really teach him how. It's just like, again, this is, this is where they needed the mechanics of the magic to come in. So you, because it was just all you got was that he just reads more books and just practices yeah. a bit more and then it gets better. It's like, oh, look through, what do they keep saying to him? Like, look through, look through the world or something like that. They kept saying you to see through it. And yeah. That, that would annoy me because I find it, like, I remember when people would like practice riding a bicycle, they'd be like, just ride the bike. You're like, whoa. Yeah, I need this broken down into steps. <laughs> she also does the thing where to make him train, she like puts him in a really perilous situation. He has to get out of it. And she just stands there in the courtyard like it'll work. And I'm like, but what if it doesn't? Do, do you know. get sacked? Do you go <laughs> for killing someone? <laughs> you just did that so like, not again. I'm like, how many times has she done this? <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I, I, I love that trope of that because I'm like, this is abuse and this yeah. is immensely dangerous. <laughs> ancient one is not a great person uh we get in- also introduced to uh the big baddie who is caecilius mm. and he has stolen some pages from a book um and he used to be a student here but he questions um tilda swinton's teachings and has kind of sort of rebelled against well, fairly possibly based on what we've just seen so that She's, seems yeah right. yeah yeah it's very much like it's it's sort of the 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 this is a trope in a lot of sci-fi and fantasy where the leader is so mysterious that the hero and the villain both find them very frustrating and actually opening up more. It's a, it's a, um, oh, the the guy in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Coulson. Coulson. There we go. I forgot his name. Coulson. It's a Coulson situation where he's like, I know things, but I'm only going to tell like one person. They have to keep it a secret. And then that <laughs> just makes so many issues come about. It does. And he never learns either. Never learns, never learns. Silly man, silly, silly man. Maybe um, he'll have learned by the time we next settle down for an episode of Agents of Shield, eh? Yeah. We, we can we'll hope. see, we'll see. We'll stick with it. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> One day he'll tell everyone the secret. Um, the pages, so Strange is able to use magic. He has like a sort of amulet thing um, that he uses that to magic back the pages and he can see what it is. And it's the like the secret of eternal life. Uh, we also learned that um, the world is protected from the dark dimensions mm. by three sanctums, who are which are in some uh, ve- tourist hotspots <laughs> in New York, London, and Hong Kong. It's a and shame. They, yeah, <laughs> exactly, and they they didn't pick any cities that might need some tourism or anything. They're just like London, New York, and Hong Kong. <laughs> Paris, maybe maybe we could put Paris in late. <laughs> And uh, these sanctums form like a shield around the earth. But Caecilius wants to destroy these sanctums to let the dark ones in and then be very powerful with them. Yeah, again, this seems like somebody's made a, a silly decision because I don't think the dark ones will keep him around once he's done. But it doesn't oh matter. It, it, oh I, I feel like he needs to weigh up the pros and cons of this decision making a bit more. But I always find this it's the same with Bond villains when they're like, I want to destroy the world. I'm like, and then what? What are you going to do then? You'll be dead, won't you? <laughs> I'm going to cause a great big war. It's like, well, what? how are you going to gain from that exactly? You're not even a yeah. government. You're <laughs> in a volcano. Just, they're just chaotic evil and they don't care who knows. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
And so they, uh, Strange and Caecilius fight at the London Sanctum because Strange uh, Caecilius is trying to destroy it. Um, his, so basically, the London Sanctum is a great big noticeable building. They haven't even hidden it. And there's one person guarding mm-hmm. the sanctum. There is one guard. And I'm yep. like, that is just asking for disaster. <laughs> you assume the guard knows what he's doing, but... Obviously doesn't, because he gets wiped out pretty quickly. He does, instantaneously. Um, and there's lots of, like, artefacts and things there. Um, and the and we also... The, the cape is the one that kind of connects him. And this is, does this mean the cape is a relic with a capital R? Yes. Because we learned that the relics are like objects that you can use for magic, but like the relic chooses you. Yeah, the cloak of levitation chose him. Yeah, so he got yeah he got chosen by the cape, and like we said, the cape is kind of like the magic carpet, but not quite as expressive. I didn't think. It, yeah, I mean it's quite cute. I like some of its little moves, but I love the idea of it. Definitely. Yeah, um, I like the way, yeah when it's like pulling him, and he's like yeah. Like they needed lots of that in that in this film, lots more of that. <laughs> you weren't much more like pratfalls, people being yes. caught up in a cape. 100%. Yeah, he manages to imprison Caecilius in like a sort of contraption or something. And Caecilius says he wants to overthrow Tilda Swinton and worship Dormammu, who is like the all powerful dark one. Mm. Um, and he wants to worship Dormammu because Dormammu will allow people to use magic and spells for whatever they want. Whereas Tilda Swinton's like, I can use whatever I want, but you can't. Yeah. To be fair, that is flawed of her. It doesn't set a very good example. He's very um, he's very American libertarianism, old Caecilius, isn't he? Whereas Tilda Swinton's like, no, we need an NHS. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little bit of socialism. It's all right. <laughs> Some people need to be higher than others. And that's just how it is. Exactly. Yeah. Because they, you know, the good need to control the bad. And rules help control the fun. <laughs> exactly. Organised fun. Yeah. <laughs> um, Strange gets injured by, quite bad, uh, by Caecilius. And so he magics himself to Rachel McAdams. And he's like, I know, I know I was mean to you, but can you like operate on me, please? <laughs> I'm dying. But operate I'm me dying. on alone. Alone. No one else in the room, just you and me. No pressure. No pressure. I know I was an arsehole to you, but you've got to operate on me on your own. I love that she's like, what are you wearing? And that's, and I was like, but he's dying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't think about that now. <laughs> yeah, move on. And this was quite cool. They... Uh, so they can separate their body self and their like spirit self. So the spirit yeah. self can like fly around and stuff. So Strange does that in order to sort of help guide her. But then he's attacked by the spirit self of Caecilius's bodyguard. So they're kind of fighting whilst Rachel McAdams is also operating at the same time. And I thought this was this was quite exciting. I like this. It bit. was. I love a bit of astral projection. So it's nice. And it shows quite well illustrated this sort of interrelation between the physical and the, the is it the is the astral self, isn't it? Yeah. And um, I thought that was fun. That was a really fun idea. Yeah, I mean, at the end when she's um, she shocked him with the paddles twice, and then she gets scared and does this. She puts the paddles like here, right by her cheeks. She's like, Ooh! and I was like, no, surely no doctor would ever do that. You could just shock your head. I, I have no idea what doctor would do, but I assume that. I mean, I don't even know how often they use those things in, I don't think they use them in very the hospital. Often. It breaks all your ribs, doesn't it? Does it? Shit. Yeah, that's what I've been told by well, by Tasha, my nurse. Wow. <laughs> no, it's one of those things that just looks really dramatic on film, isn't it? It's yeah. Like, well, I saved their life. <laughs> when you rub them together, like, shh. Mm. Yeah, it's exactly. an exciting noise. 
It's a bit like it's very sort of um, Frankenstein's monster, like mm-hmm. electricity brings it to life. It's alive. I know. It doesn't work that often, though, does it? Well, obviously, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> then we have a very, the very, very spectacular fight and chase sequence where between Strange and Caecilius, where like the whole world is just like changing it all. It's very Inception. Yeah. Very, lots and lots of Inception-y things happening. And that's where I think Christopher Nolan was hiding. Yes. Yeah. Maybe they. Yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe he was watching it. He was like, those bitches. <laughs> it's not my thing. <laughs> um, and until the Swinton arrives, um, and they discover that she she is very powerful because she is actually drawing power from the dark dimension, which is why Caecilius is like, I want some of that. I want all of that. <laughs> until the Swinton's like, Caecilius, you're a bit of an asshole, so I'm not going to give you that. Um, but then she gets very severely hurt in the fight. Mm. Um so she, her body gets taken to the operating room and her astral self is floating around and saying philosophical things. Also, Strange is allowed into the operating room. Yeah. Like, what, what kind of crazy universe is this? He's not even operating on her. They'd be like, get out. <laughs> He's such a good doctor. Just his vibe is great. Let him yeah. in. <laughs> Maybe he can advise somehow. Um. And then, yeah, like Tilda Swinton's astral self explains how you need to sort of draw power from the dark dimension in order to keep the peace. So, she, And then she dies. Yes. So that was, again, the director was like, oh, and, you know, we always knew that Wong was going to be in it, like as a continuing character, and the ancient one was going to die. So that's why we didn't worry too much about not casting an Asian person for that role. I see. So they're not, they don't really die in the comics so early on. It was sort of, yeah. Okay. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with Tilda Swinton playing the role. I think it's about thinking about the film as a collective. And yeah. change, if you're going to change that character, maybe, yeah, like you say, Doctor Strange could have been Asian himself or Rachel yeah. McCow or any other characters, really. They could have changed up anything. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, here's a question. So the cape is a sort of magical cloak. What piece of magical clothing would you have? Mm, I do like the cloak. Um Maybe oh, they kind of look at it in Doctor Strange, like the little shoes that help you run. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, I, I mean, if I could have shoes that like, can sort of fly or run up buildings and stuff, because then if I was being chased, I could just be like, whoop. Yeah. Up yeah. the building or wherever I like, go. They, they, yeah, so you can run, yeah, you can run vertically as well as horizontally. Yeah, like Hermes in, um, yeah. yeah, not the delivery people, the original God. <laughs> in, in, in Greeks. Hermes in Greeks. Yes. How about you? I'd have, um, I'd love like a magical pair of glasses that just kind of like um, gives me all the answers I need things. Ah, what they come up with like the words. Yeah, like if I if I'm not understanding what someone says, but it's translating for me and or something, and then tells me what to say back or. um, If I'm like, where is that magic crystal that I need to defeat the villain, and it just like tells me. Yeah, I like that. I always said the superpower I'd want the most is to be fluent in every language in the world, but mm. including animal languages. Uh, Kaisilis attacks the Hong Kong sanctum. Um, he's already brought down the New York one. He just has to bring down the Hong Kong one now. Yeah. Um, and he succeeds in that. Uh, and when Doctor Strange gets there, uh, Mordo, who's the guy that saved him from the mugging, he's like, it's too late. Nothing can stop him. And I'm like, Mate, that's that's not very optimistic of you, is it? Like, what else can you do at that point? No, I it's love the it. end of the story. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even try. There's no point. It's futile. Exactly. But Strange uses his powers to reverse things, and everything's kind of happening in reverse whilst they're fighting 
the bodyguard and that i just mm. i love that cre that creativity is what well, there was the film's big big strength really wasn't it, it was, yeah it was the fight scenes cool. are really really good very very fun to watch like in, similar thing to the bloody fight scenes in ant-man but for a different reason like i yeah. love it when it's a bit creative and different absolutely yeah yeah i, I really like that and then he faces off against dormammu um mm -hmm. And he kind of puts himself in this endless time loop where he kind of appears before Dumamu and he's like, you have I've to come leave. to bargain. Yes, I've come to bargain. He's like, you leave now. And then Dormammu kills him, but then he comes back again. He's like, I'm not ending the time loop until you go, basically. Mm. Um, apparently, um, I didn't notice this myself, but apparently his watch that he puts on in the first, you know, early on in the film mm. says hmm, the 2nd of February. I can't remember. It's Groundhog Day. And people were like, Oh, but that the later when he gets trapped in the Groundhog Loop. I feel like the whole population of the Earth has understood what it is like to be in Groundhog Day. Over we the don't need year. anyone else to tell us. <laughs> we don't. We we're like we feel your pain, Dormammu. Totally feel yeah. it. <laughs> Just give him what he wants. End it now. Uh, yeah, so he will only break the loop when Dormammu agrees to leave and gets and get rid of Caecilius at the same time. Mm. Um, and then and he succeeds in that. That works, which I thought was a good little conclusion to it. I thought that was, I thought that was a cool idea that you get you yeah. stick him in a time loop and you're just like you're basically just win through stubbornness. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I can lose a million times, and the guy's like, oh my god. Yeah, <laughs> I love um, when he gets back to Hong Kong as well. And he's like, I struck a bargain. And I'm like, he did it, and everyone just melts basically. <laughs> it's good. Exactly. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, definitely. And I kind of, it's kind of cool that um, if by getting rid of Dormammu, it then effectively means that the sanctum was never destroyed and therefore the people of Hong Kong never knew it happened. Mm. Um, and that kind of means that you haven't got like an added disaster in the chronology. You don't, as a writer, you then don't have to sort of think about people being like, oh, and also that instance in New York and that instance in Hong Kong, like you, yeah. now that the instant in Hong Kong never happens in the chronology. Which um, is good. We know what happens when people get caught up in incidents. They start attacking superheroes. Exactly, exactly. Doctor Strange is so much more powerful. Like, he's the OP, I'd say, in terms of all the other superheroes. Like, his He skills. really is. But I think they, even at the end, they do kind of emphasise that he's still kind of learning mm. his powers as well. He just happened to have managed to get hold of a really powerful amulet and a cape and stuff. And Yeah. Obviously, Wanda is the most, the most powerful because she does that without any capes. and She's and the one you do not want to face off against. No, but everyone else, I'm like, Iron Man, I could probably, if I had a little screwdriver, I could do some messing with his robot. And, you know, I <laughs> figure some stuff out. And that's how it kind of ends. And he, it sort of ends with them being worried that the Earth is now quite vulnerable after Tilda Swinton's death. So they don't have an ancient one now. Mm -hmm. They don't have someone like her who's, draw trustworthy enough to draw power from the dark dimension but not use it for her own material gain mm. um and it kind of just ends there really but that was i didn't mind that ending so much because i was like this we know that this is part of a big chronology now so they're yeah le leave it hanging um we have a mid-credit sequence where straight dr strange and thor are chatting about mm. so thor is talking about how he needs to find his father so has Thor then realised that his father is missing? Because I thought that Loki was in disguise as Odin, but they didn't know. Well, you see, it's a little teaser of what's to come in Ragnarok. Right, okay. So that, that sequence was directed by Taika Waititi, who does Ragnarok. Ah. 
but they've cut out some key plot points. So some of that will just appear in the film when you watch it. I see. Oh, okay. That's fine. I thought yeah. they'd, I thought things had happened like. No, you're all right. I'm all right. Oh, good, good. Awesome. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's cool. I like that. Yeah. And Rag, you've already said that Ragnarok's your second favourite, so I'm probably going to hate it. <laughs> you won't hate it. You know, you <laughs> well, it. <laughs> I, I wouldn't dare hate it. I can't even say if it's my second favourite or just my favourite. It's just up. I've got like a little, now I've just got five that are like all my favourites. I refuse to rank them, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have a post credit sequence where... Yes, so Mordo, who's the guy who was sort of his ally and saved mm-hmm. him from the mugging and introduced him to Tilda Swinton stuff, he's he's not too happy because, and I like this idea actually. He um, is very he's very feels very betrayed by Tilda Swinton. In he's very much like, do not draw power from the dark dimension in any circumstance. Be all good. You must be all good. But actually, he's now turning bad because he then meets the guy from Miss Congeniality who. Um, mm-hmm. That, that's that's how he, that's his name um <laughs> who managed to cure himself with the magical stuff and then kills him and he says that there are too many sorcerers around and it's kind of setting him up as a villain yeah so in the comments he's kind of the arch nemesis and i love edgy so I hope, I hope that that is what they continue to do in the next doctor strange movie because it'd be good to see him in a like bigger bigger role because in this one he is in it but he's not really he's not really in it in it you know yeah yeah I think he's and but I kind of I think they set up his character quite well because that was very convincing at the end that he would turn quite villain because he is you know exasperatingly good yeah um, to a point where he would feel he's like the darker Captain America I guess yeah he's doing it because he thinks it's the right thing to do and that's kind of so his characters do a lot like in have you ever seen Serenity the film Serenity no I've never seen it now oh, he's in that as a similar, like he's a sword wielding <laughs> mm. super villain, I guess, but he thinks he's doing it for the right reasons. He's like, mm. this is for the greater good. This is for the greater good. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I thought that was a good setup. And it made me, I know there is going to be a second Doctor Strange in the works, mm. um, which, it, but that's made me, although I didn't think it was the best film in the world, it has made me quite interested to see the second one and see where yeah. they take that. Um, so, And are you intrigued to see how he interacts with all the other Avengers? Yeah, I am. Because like you say, he's immensely powerful. He's like, so yeah. um, it and would be interesting. Clever. So I feel like people like Tony Stark will be disliking him because they're like, uh, this is my vibe. Yeah, and we've already got a little taster of him interacting with Thor. And they're mm. quite a good pairing because they they have the kind of mystical mysterious godlike element to them don't they yes but also very different in terms of like brain power yes yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah don't just don't strange not a bad film but not great very much in the middle i think mm-hmm. it had its strengths and its weaknesses in my opinion but it's made me want more from from it i just think they could have done better with his character most more than anything yeah i guess the problem is he's such a sh- <laughs> such a strange character <laughs> he is very like, strange <laughs> he's all hard edges almost mm. it's hard they need to do some stuff to soften him obviously he has this little reconciliation with rachel mcadams which was very nice yeah yeah um i assume they're just friends i don't really know what their vibe is they kind of i think that they needed because so she's sort of in three in two sequences she's at the beginning as like his friend who he then is horrible to because he's having a mental breakdown yeah and she comes back into it later on when he seeks out her services and builds up a bridge with her 
um, I think they needed her as, in a third sequence more at the end to kind of yeah. establish what her role is going to be within the universe. And I feel like they almost forgot about her. I know they, they wanted her. So in the comic books, his love interest is actually someone quite different. Right. Um, but I think they, they said they wanted Rachel McAdams' character to kind of ground him and mm. that serve as a reminder of who he was before he was super strange. Super strange. <laughs> I was like, before he was Doctor Strange, he is that already. Um, yeah, I know what you mean. I remember the press tour, like I say, made it seem like she's going to be in a lot more. And right. it would have been nice to have seen a bit more of her. Mm. I do like the scene when she sees the cape standing up on its own and she's just like... Yeah, apparently but... it's referencing um in history, like a good surgeon was was noted by how soiled his um and blood stained his robes were, and they would be able to stand up on their own, like the best surgeons. So I think ah. that was what that was like nodding to. That's interesting. I love how the amount of blood that a surgeon creates is a <laughs> quality. <laughs> I know I would want the least amount of blood personally, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it'd be yeah. nice to have more of her. I think everyone could have used a bit more development, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Very um, surface level film. Yeah, but again, not terrible. Like, no, fun to watch. Still really fun um, to watch. Uh, visually, really, visually great. Hmm. Um, and I think it just ended quite well with, in terms of establishing that it's part of a bigger thing. Hmm. What would you give it out of five? A solid three. Okay. Very in the middle. Yeah, that's fair. That's where you put it, so I should have guessed that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> you hit the middle number. <laughs> I don't know what more I could ask. <laughs> hmm, intriguing. She is going to be in it in the next film, Rachel McAdams. So it'd be nice to see. You. In the um in the comic books, her character has some kind of superpowers. Oh. Then maybe that will come in. Maybe they'll bring that in. And I guess we're living in a time when there's more demand for the female characters to be better written so they might give her something better to do yeah which is weird so it, it was only 2016 when it came out mm. <laughs> it wasn't like that long ago it was, it's Rachel McAdams for god's sake like we're not talking about an amateur here she's no she's bloody she good <laughs> she can act really well do you want me to quiz you now yes let's quiz it okay how much do you believe it made um gosh I haven't had this question in a while because we've had so many tv series um I Eight hundred million. No, you always go too high. This is something six hundred seventy-seven point seven million. Okay, okay, not bad. Pretty good. It's, I I went lower because well, I went lower than um than uh, past films because I'm finding that the Avengers and the sequels are the ones that go past a billion. Yeah. Whereas the newer ones, they tend to be more between five hundred and eight hundred or something. So. Yeah, that's fair. That's very wise. And what do you think it would get on Rotten Tomatoes? Um, I don't. It's hard with rotten tomatoes. I'm gonna go with like 82, 89, 89. Oh, okay, fair enough, fair enough. They really love the visuals, pretty much, mm. and they thought it was a nice, nicely different. Some people, to be fair, it's, most people who say it's good say it's very different to the other films. But then some critics have said it's still an origin story and it still follows the same pattern as many others. Right. So we've got the cloak of levitation, and what is his other relic? The amulet. Well, what is it called? The amulet of power. No, it's, <laughs> it's called the eye of Akamoto. Well, I'm not going to remember that. <laughs> well, I, 
I know, but I love the amulet of power. I'm like, yes, that is... The magic amulet. Something you put on in Dragon Age Inquisition to level up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, And it contains something important. Um... Uh, uh, fruits and vegetables for his. It diet. contains an infinity stone, Paul. Does it? Oh, yes. they didn't say that in the film. But can you guess which infinity stone it is? Time. It's the time stone. <laughs> I'm getting into it now. Okay, yeah. I've already. I've since we've reassessed where the infinity stones are. I've already forgotten, but there we now have time. <laughs> yeah, uh, six of them. Is that the last one that we've met now? Oh, oh there's one more. One more. Up. Um, I've told you about her being night nurse. That's going to be my big reveal. But then you asked me literally, is she a night nurse? What can I do? I'm getting too clever for my own good, aren't I? Sometimes you do. Um, what does Swinton chooses to portray her character as dot, dot, dot? Bold. Androgynous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's also very bold. Tilda Swinton. It is. They wanted her to... She, they felt she was the obvious choice to play domineering, secretive, ethereal, enigmatic, and mystical. That's and they wrote the role. That's on her CV, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's what it says. And they wrote the role specifically for her before she was offered it. Um, what was I say? Um, so other people were offered the role of Steve, well, considered for the role of Stephen Strange. Can you guess the names? Uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah, go, tell me some names. I can't think of anyone right now. Joaquin <laughs> uh, <laughs> Phoenix. Okay. Uh, Keanu Reeves was up for consideration. Oh, yes. Hilariously, Patrick Dempsey was like, I would love to play Doctor Strange, and everyone just kind of ignored him. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. He's like, I've played a doctor. I have the experience. (laughs) He'd be too sort of, he's he's like a cushion that you can just lie upon, you know? Yeah, he's not really a mystical. Basically, because Benedict Cumberbatch was always their first role. The fans really wanted him to do it. And he was offered the role, but he declined because he had to do Hamlet on stage. Mm. And then they were like, what about if we push it back? <laughs> I, I like I like him. I think you can always rely on Benedict Cucumber Patch to um Yeah. Well. And he seems like a nice guy, you know. I always yeah. whenever he does his little interviews, I'm like, his little interviews, whenever he does press and tours, I'm like, he seems like a nice person. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Very nice. Yeah. Which makes him attractive. Mm, I think that's what gives him in like a crazy way. You know know how he looks like an otter, but you're like a like a kind of attractive otter. Yeah, I would date that otter. (laughs) He's just got like some weird enigma around him. Yeah. Um, he improvised a scene with the cloak. Uh, mm, I can't remember now. It's when the the cloak comes and wipes his tears away. Oh. Yeah, Benedict, who I'm going to refer to as Benedict now. Benedict suggested it to the crew. Our friend Benedict. Our friend Benedict, Ben. Um, they, the crew really liked that idea, so they were like, yeah, we'll do that. That's good. Um, Rachel McAdams had previously turned down a role in the MCU. Do you know what it was? Uh, Jane? No. Oh, Pepper Potts. It's Pepper Potts, yeah. Ah. She was, which is why I thought it was funny, because you were like, oh, unlike Pepper Potts, who you were like, yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> yeah. Wrong choice. Um, so she originally was like, I don't want to do any MCU films. And then she was like, they seem quite popular. I think I would like to do one. Mm. Mm. <laughs> they seem quite popular. They seem to be doing well. People are getting good paychecks from them. Yes, I, I will. Remember, Jessica Chastain was also approached, but she said she refuses to play a Marvel, Marvel person unless they've got superpowers. 
Yeah. Which is okay. a good Very stance good. to have, I guess. I love how how many actors are now in this universe and how mm. they all know. So, like, we've now got Benedict Cumberbatch and Martin Freeman. Yeah. In the universe, and they're both together in Sherlock and stuff. And like, little things like that are happening so much. There's four people who've been in Sherlock roles in the Marvel universe, actually. Really? Yeah. Do you want to try and work is out Andrew who Scott in there? No, tragically, not all from the English one. <laughs> oh, right, I see. <laughs> so Tony Stark, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. played Sherlock. Oh, uh, yeah. And Rachel McAdams was in that film too. She was, wasn't yeah. she? You're right, she my goodness. <laughs> so she and Sherlock were together again, but just in a different way. How fun. That's fun. She, um, she had a moment in the film that was unscripted as well, Rachel. Mm, I don't know. So you know when the the mop falls in the broom cupboard and she screams? Oh yes, yeah. So that, that mop wasn't meant to fall. <laughs> it wasn't meant to scream because it immediately cut, didn't it? She like screamed and then it was cut out. Yeah, I yeah, that was good. They were like, she never broke character. Let's keep it in. It's quite cute. But she does seem to get like she has a lot of moments where she's scared in that film. <laughs> that was like her thing. Like lots of scare moments. She's a, a like the old sixties heroine where they're like. Ah! Very jumpy, which is what I mean with the bloody, I don't know what they're called, the the paddles. I don't think you should be jumpy of them. The paddles. Yeah. <laughs> Did you spot Stanley? Oh, yes. Now, where was he? He, ooh. Oh, God, my mind's gone blank about where he was now. Um, I can't remember, but I did see him. Yeah. So he's on the bus. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was reading a newspaper. He's reading The Doors of Perception by R.D. Huxley. Oh. And there's reason for that, <laughs> so I'm going to tell you it. Go on. Apparently, so that book is a recounting of Huxley's experience taking psychedelic drugs, and that's particularly mentioned in their use in perceiving art. And everyone's always assumed that Doctor Strange comics were, <laughs> you know, they were born from maybe the use of psychedelic drugs. And Marvel has always said, no, no one uses uh-huh. drugs in Marvel, but maybe that's why Stanley is laughing as he reads the book. Uh, okay, it's a little <laughs> reference. A little nod. Did you see anyone, anything important on the New York skyline? Anyone important? Anything, sorry, important. Anything important on the New York skyline? Um, was it, I think they had a, a, um, an image of the Freedom Tower. Is it something mm-hmm. to do with that? I was going for Avengers Tower. Oh. <laughs> oh. Something in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I see. <laughs> but I like the Freedom Tower too. Yeah, no, they've got Tony Stark's Avengers Tower. Oh, oh, how nice. And it's also when they're folding up, you see it fold as well. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, there is a universe that they're mm-hmm. in. Do you remember what the Wi-Fi password is? Oh, no, but that was a funny moment. <laughs> it's Shambhala, uh, and it's substantial name drop. Because it's a... <laughs> That refers to, in several faiths and cultures, as a perfect mystical kingdom. Mm. It's also the idea behind the concept of Shangri-La, which I can okay. never say. And it is also, in the comics, Shambhala is, uh, he travels to this kingdom and he has to choose whether he ushers in a golden age and sacrifice most humans to achieve it or not. Okay. So, he's so it seems like it's going to be a really significant moment. It's like, it's just the Wi-Fi password. I did love that when he's like, what does this mean? And he goes, it's the Wi-Fi password. Like, we're not savages. <laughs> yeah. We wanted more of that in the film. I think. Yes, <laughs> yes. More of that. That was very funny. Did you figure out who was playing Dormammu? Dormammu? Was that Benedict Cumberbatch as well? 
Yeah, it was. I recognised them. I was like, is he talking to himself? That's weird. He does that. He's good. So do you want to know who suggested that? It was Benedict. Oh, <laughs> he was like, okay, he loses a point for this. I think I should play both roles. Um, but he did it because he thought he wanted to be a he wanted to be a super villain. I was gonna try and give him some more some more reasons for that, but that was why he wanted it. But then the director was like, it kind of works because Strange is so arrogant. It would make sense, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Oh, well. Very um, Smaug in The Hobbit of him. He don't, yeah, maybe he's just enjoying Because it must have been around this time that he did Smaug. Yeah, I don't know when the Again, time of The Hobbit. Um, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, Martin Freeman. They, they the have Hobbits. to be together. But I don't know if they like each other in real life based on what I've read about. Oh, their really? little... oh. I think Martin Freeman is a bit like anti the fans. Oh, really? Yeah, and I feel like Benedict has been like, you know, the fans are what made us, blah, blah, blah. So okay. mm. I don't know if that means they don't like each other, but they seem to have a difference of opinion in their philosophy on that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But, um, yeah, and they they basically they blended his voice with another actor who has a very deep voice. Uh, James Earl Jones. No, we don't know who it is. Some oh, of, really? That's all, that's all we know. They have a very deep voice. Oh, I thought you were asking a question there. <laughs> no, sorry, I'm out of questions, but I like oh. that you tried to answer. Maybe it was James Earl Jones. Maybe, maybe. I mean... Um, he, I assume he's not working a lot at the moment because he's very old and retired. So, what else is he doing? Mm. Yeah. Oh, you and McGregor was also up for the role of Doctor Strange at one point. Oh, uh, I'm glad it's Benedict. Yeah, I don't think it's really very his kind of vibe. No, you and McGregor, I find a bit lightweight. I'm not a fan, really. I, I think he's very nice to look at. In Moulin Rouge, he was, yes, but he can't ride that way for 20 years. <laughs> he has done though, hasn't he? He has, yeah. <laughs> He's done it very well. Um, I know what you mean. I don't think he would have been right for that role. Maybe one of the lighter Marvel characters. He's busy. He's got Obi-Wan Kenobi to start. Would you like to know what's next? Please tell me. Unless it's Avengers, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It's not Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., no. We're going back to Netflix. Oh. Watch Iron Fist. Yay. Which... I feel like it's exactly what it says on the tin. He has a fist of iron. <laughs> <laughs> you nailed it. We don't even need to watch it. We'll move on. What's after that? <laughs> after that is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which you'll be glad to hear. Mm. Oh, you're not glad to hear it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, you know what? I, my, I, I've told this story so many times before, but when I went to do the press junket for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, mm. Kurt Russell was walking around the corridors and he saw me and went, it's me. You're right. Did and he? I, like, I love you, Kurt Russell. <laughs> he was like, hey, how you doing? Yeah, it's me. And I was like, I love him for that. What a... <laughs> That's quite a cool, isn't it? I know. I was like, you're now top of my list of people I would date in Hollywood. And I was like, but he's so much older than me. But he has a weird, like, magnetism to him. He does. He's very charismatic. Well, you can share more stories about your press junket when we get to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I will, because I met many people. You did. Many, many people. But we'll go on to Iron Fist first, then that. Fine. <laughs> Sorry. You've been listening to an episode of The Marvel Virgin. If you'd like to join in the conversation, you can tweet us at The Marvel Virgin. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll tune in to the next fact filled episode.